I have to ask you about the Bills' 31 to nothing victory against the Patriots in 2003. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get that. Huh? We <laughs> won't forget that. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle of the Wagons podcast. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, what's going on? This is normally when I say welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, but this is no ordinary episode. We had the privilege of interviewing former Bills All-Pro linebacker Takeo Spikes this past week, and it was awesome. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I had a blast asking Takeo questions about why he chose Buffalo in 2003 in free agency, his fondest memories as a Bill, his first game as a Bill when the Bills beat Brady and the Patriots 31 to nothing in the home opener, his thoughts on Sean McDermott as a coach from their time with the Philadelphia Eagles, his thoughts on the current Bills team, who he thinks will win the AFC East, and how he got into the media and got into his podcast Behind the Mask that he hosts with former NFL player Tutan Reyes on the Believe Podcast Network. But without further ado, former Bills linebacker Takeo Spikes. Larry centers the former Bill, Takeo Spikes. One of the new defenders brought in by the Buffalo Bills blows up the play. Then Tom Brady, Troy Brown nailed by Spikes. Patriots forced to punt, crowd in a frenzy. Brady, under pressure this time, it's Spikes. Oh, look at that. The ball just floated into Spikes' hand. And now with a 28-0 score, Brady. It was not his day. Four times his worst in the interception department ever. It spikes again. Crowd in a frenzy. Spikes. Malloy. Bledsoe. And the Patriots had beaten the Bills five straight times, but not today. It was dice, slice, and otherwise nice if you're a Buffalo fan. 31 to nothing. All right, he is a former All-Pro and Pro Bowl linebacker of the Buffalo Bills, a former first-round pick out of Auburn University. He is the host of the Behind the Mask podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He's a football analyst on NBC Sports Network and has the biggest neck muscles in NFL history. We'd like to welcome Takeo Spikes to the podcast. Takeo, it is tremendous to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well considering the current climate that we are in. But I'm healthy, my family is healthy, and that's the only thing, that's the top priority right now, making sure we stay healthy. Absolutely. All of this talk about the NFL and sports all takes a back seat, but I'm glad to hear everyone is healthy at the Spikes household. Now, obviously, you know, we're a Bills podcast, so I need to ask you about your time here as a Bill. You signed the second contract of your career with the Bills after leaving the Cincinnati Bengals. What made you choose Buffalo at the time? Well, it was easy, you know, <laughs> like it was, it was 
I mean, it was it was kind of like story script, Nate, to be honest with you. Like, so I was a free agent, well, going to be a free agent the last game of the year, and uh, I was playing with Cincinnati. I didn't realize the Buffalo Bills fan base knew that. So I remember walking out the tunnel, getting ready to play, and it was so damn cold. Last game of the year, I didn't even go out in pregame. So I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go when I have to go. So I remember coming out, and then I saw damn near half of the stadium saying, T-K-O, T-K-O. And I was like, hold up, is this tampering? What's going on? And so every time I made a play, I had a sack that game. Um, we ended up winning the game. And every time I made a play, the fans yelled. And I was like, wow, this really feels like high school recruitment. And so I was like, all right. What if it possibly could happen? Got into free agency, and then the Buffalo Bills say, hey, we want you to come up and take a visit. And I was just impressed by how Rap Wilson and his staff, Greg Williams, um, Jerry Gray, Don Blackman, how these guys treated me. And I made it clear. I was just like, you know, I'm coming from a place that I thought was very dysfunctional, and I want to make sure that I'm not coming back into a cesspool like that again. And they assured me, they was like, hey, it's some authority around here, and we're going to make sure, but we're going to give the ownership to the players, to the vets, and we're going to let you all run the team. If we feel like we need to step in, we will. And that was all I needed to hear in combination with how the fans treated me. So it was a perfect match, man. I, I, you know, people ask me to this day, where is the best stop that you play football? And I was like, that's easy, Buffalo. And they was like, what? I was like, nah, bro, for real, Buffalo. It's the closest thing that you can get to Friday night football, period. And if you come from Texas, you come from Georgia, you come from the South, we all know you shut down your business to support that Friday night football team. And after everything, after it's over, then we open back up and business is booming as usual. That's what Buffalo felt like. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible to hear that. So what was your time like in Buffalo as a player? And what is your, one of your fondest memories here? Uh, I mean, it, it was you, the, the thing about me being in Buffalo was you were somewhat forced to interact with each other. You know, when you go to different teams, depending on what city that you're in, when it's time to get off work, everybody goes their separate ways. But in Buffalo, you really didn't have too much to do, a lot of distractions outside of the city. So what, what it forced you to do was like, hey, man, what you doing later? Where, where, you're going to get dinner? Where are you going to catch dinner? I'll meet you. And so you saw a bunch of little groups of guys on the team that we would pick certain restaurants. So that's one of the fondest memories that I do have. And, um, I mean, I can't forget one of the best memories is playing the first game of the year after I signed and playing there, playing against the New England Patriots, you know, they were like, they were the team, you know, and we had Drew Bledsoe. They got rid of Drew Bledsoe the year before they won the Super Bowl, Tom Brady. And so they cut Lawyer Malloy the week of the game. We signed Lawyer Malloy. And for us to come in and beat them 31 to nothing, it was like, it was more than a fresh of breath there, but I felt like for me at that time, Buffalo was finally turning the corner. Now we're about to bring the playoffs back to Buffalo. You know, unfortunately we didn't, but 
that memory I'll never forget because it was like you talk about coming out swinging hard like Mike Tyson hitting. That's what we did the beginning of that first year when I was there in 2003. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm so glad you brought up that game because I mean it's one of the the Bills have only won a few times against the Patriots since that game. Oddly enough, you know, it's been almost 17 years. Um, you know, everyone thinks of when people think of that win, we usually think of Sam Adams rumbling down the sidelines for a touchdown. But I feel like it shouldn't be forgotten just how crucial you were in that game. You had six tackles, one tackle for loss, three passes defended, and two count them two interceptions off of Tom Brady. I mean, I mean, when you look back at that game, is that is that not only a highlight of your of your career as a Bill, but maybe your career in general? It's definitely one of my highlights. One of the better games that I had, especially opening week of the season. Like that that was everything. Opening week of the season, you want to set the tone, you want to set the tempo, you want to let everybody know. Like instead of knock knocking on somebody's door, it was like I'm shooting the shotgun through the door. I'm letting you know I'm here and I'm here to stay. So that was definitely one of my finest performances uh, I've had. I actually walked away with Defensive Player of the Week in the NFL. So the Bills, you know, they didn't make the playoffs while you were here, and they didn't make them for many years after you were traded, but they've made the playoffs two of the last three years under Coach Sean McDermott. Uh, What do you see in this team, and are you optimistic for them in 2020 and beyond? I see a lot of good things in this football team. Um, and it starts with Coach Sean McDermott. The reason why I feel so strongly about Sean and what he's been able to do is I had some familiarity with him when I played in Philadelphia. And it's the principles that he lived by. He believes in doing the little things in order to create the big picture. And he is consistent. And I'm pretty sure he's the same way now. And that's what you see when you look at the Buffalo Bills. It's the little things, the reason why they win games, because they don't just go in and blow people out. They do things right throughout the course of the game. And at the, by the end, it paints the big picture as a win for those guys. That's the reason why not only were they able to advance to the playoffs, but win a playoff game last year. And then you look at, I, th- I just think the growth of Josh Allen is going to be huge going into his third year. So that's going to be monumental for those guys. Devin Singletary came on strong as the running back. And then you look at the addition of Stephon Diggs. You know, I've always felt like they needed a guy who can not only take the top off the defense, but who can do everything in the route tree. And that's what you get with Stephon Diggs, definitely there to assist and compliment John Brown. So, um, I really like what they're doing defensively. I mean, <laughs> Tremaine Evans. I-, I had the pleasure and joy to be able to work with him one-on-one pre-combine before he came out last year. And I knew he was going to be a player just because he's so much of an athlete. And I was shocked to see that he was as young as he were, as he were at that time. But you know what? It's, it's, you know, for me, if I'm going to invest in anybody, that's the guy. And he paid off big dividends over the past two years. He's definitely has been getting better, better, and better. And so I appreciate that about him going into his third year. Um, now you got Josh Norman. You know, he's coming back with them. And so Josh, this should be a – obviously, I think it's going to be one of those years to where, I right, maybe Josh just didn't work out in the scheme up there in Washington. 
but they have some familiarity with each other back in Carolina. So he understands the scheme. They know what they want out of him. And so I expect Josh to be able to come back and make some plays because he's joined by some other dogs in their secondary. You look at Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Poyer, who came over from Cleveland, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, love him. Love what they have on the back end. So these guys, man, like they really are going to be good. And for me, I know the question is going to come up. Okay, well, who's the favorite in the AFC East now? As much as I love my Buffalo Bills, until you decrown the champ, it's going to be the Patriots, period. Mm -hmm. They picked up Cam Newton, and you see reports about, hey, he's doing well. He's taking command of the offense. I'm not surprised. That's what he's supposed to be doing. But at the end of the day, for the Buffalo Bills, I think when you talk about stability, when you talk about who has the more upside out of the AFC East, whether or not if it's Miami, Buffalo, the Jets, or the Patriots, yes, you have to decrown the Patriots, but I see the team to be, or that team who is going to be that team is the Buffalo Bills. No, that's exciting. That's exciting to hear from someone, especially, you know, getting excited about the defense from a defensive guy like yourself. So, I mean, after football, you became a media personality on TV, you're on Sirius XM radio, and now you're hosting your own podcast, the Behind the Mask podcast. How did that all come about? Well, it came about, you know, from a few years ago, I decided to tap into my creative side. And that creative side led me to producing my first photography coffee table book, which is titled Behind the Mask. And, um, and so what I did, I dedicated volume one to linebackers. And I just went around the country and picked a linebacker out of every decade, starting from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way up to modern day. And I got them sharing their story of how did they become great? What trials and tribulations did they go through? And once I saw how well that took off, which I'm in the process now of making volume two, which will be running backs, um, I decided to make the podcast. And what I'm essentially doing is the same thing, but we're talking to active players. I talked, we had Grady Jarrett. I got to get Tremaine Edmonds on now, the more I think about it. <laughs> but uh, a lot of legends, Aeneas Williams, uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, Roddy White, uh, Grady Jarrett, you know, all of these guys come on and they just share intimate stories, whether or not if it's dealing with football, what they have going on with business, and then also just dealing with social justice issues, what we have in our community. So it was a way for me to create my own outlet and, and control my own narrative. And that narrative is allowing the guys to share their story from their first point of view perspective. Well, you know, I, I, I've listened to the podcast. You and your co-host, Tutan Reyes, have, have great chemistry. I'd recommend it to all of our listeners. Um, you know, Takeo, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with us on the Circling the Wagons podcast. Um, where can they find the Be Behind the Mask podcast, and where can they find you on social media? Well, you can find me on social media at Takeo Spikes 51, at Takeo Spikes 51. And then even for my book, Behind the Mask book, the coffee table book, that not only did I write, but I did. I took all of the images in it. That can be found on Amazon, Behind the Mask Book. And then as far as the podcast, we're, uh, we are on all platforms from audio and also has the digital side component as well. So on YouTube, and we can be found at the BTM Podcast. Okay. We're on Twitter, Facebook, 
everything. YouTube, uh, YouTube, all of it. YouTube, all of it. I've seen you. I see you have streaming video. I've listened to the last few, and they're really good. Tequila, I look forward to you know following your your career past football, and uh, it's really exciting. I, I actually, I really, I saw the the documentary or the small clip the NFL Network did on your uh, behind the mask uh, photography and and book, and it looks really cool. You had Chuck Benarek on there uh, right before he passed away, and it, it was. I, it looks really, it looks really amazing. Yeah, thank you, Nate. I appreciate that, man. I was able, blessed and honored, to be able to have one of the last sit downs with with the great Chuck Bignerick before he passed away. Uh, b- before I got that interview, he had stopped talking to people for five years. So uh, definitely, I was blessed to be able to have that opportunity. Well, again, Takeo, thank you so much for giving your input on the Bills, past and present. And, uh, and it's again, I'd really recommend it to all our listeners. It is a great listen, and, and thank you so much for coming on. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate Takeo Spikes for coming on to the podcast. Man, just Takeo is the man you know like if you liked his energy and thoughtfulness today you should definitely check out the behind the mask podcast it's really cool to hear from former players on things going on in the nfl he and former nfl player tutan reyes just talked about the earl thomas release uh they also talked about how even though there's only a few covid cases in the nfl right now they could see some scenarios where players end up more lax during the season and need to party more, and we could potentially see some outbreaks. So that was interesting. It was really cool stuff. Uh, Their podcast isn't completely uncensored, but it's straight talk from athletes, which I can appreciate for sure. By the way, I think one of my favorite parts of the interview listening back was me introducing Takeo Spikes and complimenting his gigantic neck muscles and him completely glossing over it as if I didn't even say it. He's a football analyst on NBC Sports Network and has the biggest neck muscles in NFL history. We'd like to welcome Takeo Spikes to the podcast. Takeo, it is tremendous to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well considering the current climate. And I'm not going to lie to you, I kind of want his coffee table photography book now. And yeah, so really appreciate Takeo Spikes coming on the podcast and taking the time to discuss the Buffalo Bills, why he came here, the things he enjoyed here, and some of his fondest memories. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.
you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Ha, ha, ha.